Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Today, I wanted to talk to everybody about managing your regulator. Uh, I saw an incredible article in Bank Director that I wanted to share with everyone, just discussing the, you know, just how to manage that relationship with your regulators and why that is just so important. So uh, let me bring this up real quick here. Okay, so this is basically uh, so this is this is an article that is from the like, bank director issues a quarterly magazine. So this is kind of a, a, an exclusive that's from their quarterly magazine issue. It's called The Art of Managing Your Regulator, and it's written by Jack Milligan, who is the editor at large for Bank Director. And uh, I've read read many of Jack's articles and things over the years, and just you know extremely knowledgeable guy who has written some some very good stuff. So. But I want to get into this real quick. So it's kind of got some great comments in here. So keep your customers close and your regulators closer. So that's, uh, you know, that's kind of a, a modern day translation, kind of a, a, a spin on Sun Tzu's The Art of War, which is, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Um, but let's read some of the comments that they have in here. So that's some of the other stuff. So smart management teams and boards understand this and manage the regulatory relationship very carefully emphasizing communication, transparency, and responsiveness. Uh, regulatory examinations for safety and soundness have gotten much tougher this year, according to bank CEOs. Regulators are digging deeper into bank policies and procedures than they have in some time, while also focusing intensely on bank funding, interest rate risk, and liquidity management. So, and this, a lot of this was triggered by the demise of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. If you want to... Um, check out another episode that I did. I, I've been kind of running this cryptocurrency series. And the fourth part of that series was on the bank uh, bank crisis of 2023. And I go into the, the failures of Sign Signature Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, Silvergate Bank. Um, so if you're interested in that, go, go check out that episode. So, but continuing on here. In separate postmortem reports that examine the two failures in depth, the agencies pinned most of the blame on poor management, while admitting that inaction by their examiners contributed to the bank's demise. The banks were slow to respond to repeated concerns expressed by the agencies about their funding and risk management practices, according to reports, and the examiners did not press them hard enough to address their concerns. Now, um, that's kind of loaded. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot in there. Um, in those bank failures, there was a lot of politics at play. It, with Silicon Valley Bank, the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank sat on the board of the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank, which was their primary regulator overseeing them. And this this gentleman, the CEO, was sitting on that board of the bank that's supposed to, of the Federal Reserve, you know, bank out there in San Francisco that's supposed to be overseeing them. Uh, that's a problem. Then you've got. Uh, and then with uh, Signature Bank in New York, you had Barney Frank, very, very, you know, retired, albeit very powerful politician, still highly connected individual. Uh, he was on the board of Signature Bank. And so there were definitely some politics and other things at play there that, you know, that uh, led to some of this, you know, some of this thing. I'm not and I'm not I'm not saying that's the chief, you know. Um, issues there, but there, there, you know, definitely there were some other issues there. So, but anyway, continuing on here. So, according to a May 2023 report by the General Accounting Office, the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, which supervised Silicon Valley Bank, 
downgraded the bank in June of 2022 and began working on an enforcement action two months later, but did not finalize it prior to the bank's failure. Hmm. The gal also said that the FDIC, which oversaw Signature Bank, took multiple actions to address supervisory concerns related to the bank's liquidity and management, but did not substantially downgrade the bank until the day before it failed. Hmm. Um, now, here's a great paragraph in here. In my experience, when regulators are burned or they're embarrassed or they're criticized, however you want to define it, their goal is to see that it does not happen again. Who heads up the financial services? Uh, I'm sorry. So that was a statement by a gentleman named Gary Bron Bronstein, who heads up the financial services practice at uh, Kilpatrick Townsend in Stockton in Washington. And therefore, they're going to become more aggressive, more assertive, and they're going to probably, in some cases, go too far and become too aggressive. Uh, that is a a great, great statement. And I would and I'd like to read that again just one more time. So in my experience... When regulators are burned or they're embarrassed or they're criticized, their goal is to see that it does not happen again. And therefore, they're going to become more aggressive, more assertive, and they're going to probably in some cases go too far and become too aggressive. Um, and then the article goes on to say, indeed, the Office of the Controller of the Currency, the OCC, which oversees banks with national charters, revised its policies and procedures manual for bank enforcement actions in May of 2023, even though none of the failed banks had a national charter. So in other words, you're going to have this when you have these bank failures. And, I, and I've lived through this for the last, you know, uh, 24 years. When you have these bank failures, you're going to have the reactions from the regulators. And a lot of times they're going to make these kind of knee jerk reactions. It's, it's kind of like when, you know, when anybody gets put into kind of crisis mode, they're going to kind of jump and react. So you as the, the bank, like, how, how are you going to react to that? Like, how are you know, you know, and, and this is where that relationship with the regulators come in. So if the regulator is coming in heavy handed, um, you know, you need to, to make the proper response and not, you know, kind of overreact to what's going on. I think you just, you know, just needed to, to work with them as best you can and try to get through this, but also make sure that you're, you're leaving open, that you're, that you're basically, you're emphasizing again, communication, transparency, and responsiveness. Um, because it, it's like anything else. It may, you know, you, you run through what's called your safety and soundness exam and it might be a little rough or whatever, but, you know, but again, I think a lot depends so much on the reputation of your bank, you know, and how, uh, the executives at the bank handle this relationship with the regulators. I will say there are some bankers, there are some CEOs that have become legends in this business for basically their agitation of regulators and they're fighting with, with bank regulators. You know, they're kind of very, um, you know, some of them have been very tough individuals who've basically just said, you know, Hey, I'm not taking, you know, I'm not taking no flack from any regulator. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, and it's, and, and it's been interesting and, and, and that has, you know, gone good and bad for some of those individuals and taught in, in terms of like, you know, I, I think what happened to them over their careers. Um, I, I would, you know, could give you some examples, but then, but that would kind of run us too, too far out with this episode, but, uh, but let's go through, let's finish up some of the last couple things here. So, um, so this gentleman Bronstein says that, uh, one of his firm's mid-sized uh, bank clients was downgraded recently by its federal regulators without an exam. Uh, he says that is very unusual. 
I haven't seen it in a long time, but they're probably not alone. I just happen to know about it because it's a client. Uh, but those who work with them say examiners have been especially focused on bank funding and liquidity management since the 2003 failure sent shockwaves through the industry. Exam teams were walking institutions, walking into institutions of all sizes, not just the large ones, but institutions of all sizes and seeking information on levels of uninsured deposits and available liquidity to cover 100% of the uninsured deposits. Um, Several of these bank clients were required by their examiner to prove they could fully cover their uninsured deposits. What is so striking about these requests is that we had not really seen that before as an exam priority, and now it certainly is an exam priority. Uh, you know, they're looking at deposit concentrations and the granularity of the deposit base, just like they do on the lending side of the bank. Uh, they will examine the bank's assets for industry concentrations, real estate concentrations, etc. Now they're doing a similar thing on the depository side, which I've not seen before. Uh, I would say they were concerned about our sort. This was a comment. And I'm sorry. This is a comment coming from one of the bank uh, CEOs. So um, I would say they were concerned about our sources of liquidity and making sure we had plenty of cash on hand, making sure we had plenty or different sources of liquidity. Now, what could that mean? That could mean the Federal Home Loan Bank. Uh, that could mean the um, uh, the Federal Reserve has their their BTFP uh, lending program right now. If you're one of the prime banks, prime uh, source banks, maybe maybe that means uh, borrowing at the at the Fed discount window. Thing, things of that nature. Basically, that's what they mean by other liquidity sources. So, um, and let's see what else what else we got here. So, and then it goes on to kind of talk about like uninsured deposit levels. Uh, you know, give some other bank examples and stuff in here of what some of the other banks are kind of seeing or going through. Um, and, then it, and then it gets into like unrealized losses. Uh, I don't know if we want to, you know, a lot, yeah, there's, there's a lot of other things going on here. So basically it gets into like unrealized losses and uninsured deposits and basically how that can affect the bank's liquidity and capital positions and stuff like that. But um, but I, I just, I really like this article just because it kind of gave an update on like where, you know, where regulators are today and and why, you know, managing that, that, manage, that relationship with regulators is so important. So, and like I said, a lot of what transpires is really going to depend upon you know, what's, you know, it, it's really going to depend upon what's going on with your bank. What is, what is the reputation of your bank? How do your, how do what, how, what's the reputation of the executives at your bank? How have they historically handled their relationship with the regulators? Um, all of these things are, are going to, are going to play, um, you know, big time in, in basically how, you know, things go for your bank over the next, you know, year to two years. Um, so, and again, I think just practicing, and I'm going to go back to it one more time, um, you know, emphasizing communication, transparency, and responsiveness with the regulators. I mean, I think that is just so key to maintaining the good relationships there. You just have to realize that at the end of the day, you know, regulators aren't perfect. They've screwed a lot of things up. When I, when I talk about some of the historical banking crises that have uh, happened over the last you know 100 years you're going to see how regulators really messed up in a bunch of those situations so regulators aren't perfect but you also have to understand they're they have a job to do they have a job to do this is their job to to 
you know, have oversight of banks in this country and make sure that banks are running correctly so that you don't have bank failures and consumers and small businesses and medium sized and large businesses are all not, you know, uh, you know, kind of getting the shaft, as it were, in, in terms of if a bank were to fail. So um, so again, uh, just a very interesting article. I, I would hope people would would find this a little bit of interesting out there. And, uh, and like I said, so if you like this, make sure to give a big thumbs up, uh, make sure to like, and subscribe. That always helps the channel. And I will be back again real soon with another episode. So thank you everyone for joining today.